Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of The Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. I just sound like I have the worst vocal fry of my life. Yeah, I can't even do my radio uh, imitating the... <laughs> rock DJ thing because <coughs> just thinking about it makes me want to cough. Welcome back to You Made Me Watch. I am Mike, as always, here with Allison. Uh, sorry that we took a week off. We were both sick, and yeah. we are currently both sick, so Fuck yeah. there may be some sloppy edits in this one as I try to get rid of all of the coughs. Lots of mucus. Yeah. <laughs> so many buggers. I like the way my voice sounds like this sometimes. I mean, it's sexy, but mine gets like gravelly and I sound like I just have really bad vocal fry. Now, you sound like Kathleen Turner in Romancing the Bone. <laughs> That's not what it's called. I've only seen the porn parody. Our kid started daycare. That means he's going to be sick for the next five years. So. He got sick the first week of daycare and I was kind of rocking him to sleep and I got a, a wet cough directly in my face. Yep. And if our lives had been a zombie movie, I would have been like, oh, oh no. yeah, the dad character is not making it to the third act. Mm -mm. Yeah. No, he coughed into my mouth. Yeah. So I have been, <laughs> I, I went to the ER mm -hmm. and currently my mom is in the hospital because yes. of all of this. So to bring us back to the podcast, you made <laughs> me watch Boz Lerman's Romeo and Yell a Lot. <laughs> I mean, Juliet. <laughs> Yell a Lot. Holy shit. There is a lot of screaming. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty much all screaming. It's super emotional. So it's, you know, <laughs> it's William very... Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. It, yes. You know, teenagers, they're like so into each other, even though their families are bitter rivals. And then yeah. they get all dramatic and they, uh, through misunderstandings, uh, kill themselves at the end. <laughs> uh, so, it's like I said, it is super dramatic teenagers with access to firearms. It's a bad combination. This movie made me realize more so than any other Baz Luhrmann thing the um, description I heard one time of Baz Luhrmann that it was <laughs> Michael Bay for theater kids yeah oh my god super super duper yeah so this is a modern update 
from 1996, mm-hmm. uh, shot MTV style with oh, yeah. the a cast of Who's Who, mm-hmm. uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, Sweet baby angel face. He looks like he's 16. Claire Danis. Claire Danes, who is actually 17. Yeah. Uh, Although I think Leonardo DiCaprio was like 23 or 24. And uh, Paul Rudd, who's nearing 30 in this. <laughs> but you know, I actually don't know how old he was when he yeah, shot this. Yeah, he's, he's up there. I think he's something like 14 years older than Claire Danes or something like that. So anyway. Uh, they don't well, kiss or anything. He like kisses her on the cheek. Yeah. So what is your relationship with this movie? Why did you pick it? (laughs) And you gave me two to choose from. Mm -hmm. And I said, just pick whichever one you think I'd like most. Why did you think I would like it most? My relationship with this movie is I was 14 when it came out. So age for it. I was the perfect age for like a super dramatic Leonardo DiCaprio movie. And it was the first movie I ever saw by Baz Luhrmann. I remember when I saw it, I went to see it with a couple of my girlfriends um, who were also 14. And our biggest complaint was that it was like we were obviously familiar with the story of Romeo and Juliet. But we were like, why did they have to do it in like the old English language? Like, you know, the dialect. That would have been funny if you said uh, with some of my girlfriends who were in their 30s (laughs) while you were 14. (laughs) My mom's friends took me. (laughs) We were all besties. Well, they started off as your mom's friends. But (laughs) But now they're my friends. Allison's cool. (laughs) Because I was the coolest 14-year-old ever. I wasn't. I was very nerdy. But I do remember like this was probably one of the first movies I ever saw that was like super stylized. And um, I really loved it visually even at 14 i thought it looked really neat i couldn't really articulate why but i was like that looks really neat and um i picked it for you because although this isn't a musical boslerman has done well he did like moulin rouge and and i do love moulin and i rouge. i know you like that and i was like well i know it's not a musical but like style like stylistically i thought you would enjoy it um and it's super dramatic which i know you also like yeah <laughs> so that's why i picked it i thought you would like it i'll tell you the things that i did like about it okay. uh you're right. was it john leguizamo <laughs> it is a uh, uh, no actually which kind of bumps me out because really? i really do like john leguizamo oh. generally speaking i thought he was really good as tybalt well, you're wrong. Um, oh, shit. Okay. I, <laughs> fuck. Visually, you're right. This movie is visually really captivating. Mm-hmm. And even though I like Moulin Rouge a whole lot more, yeah, there's something about the grittiness of this yeah. that I really... It, it makes me wonder if like Moulin Rouge has been shot on a budget like this. Would that make Moulin Rouge an even better movie? Which, I don't know. I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I like the real gritty, visceral. There's a lot of stuff that kind of looks like news footage. and mm-hmm. uh, Like the juxtaposition of such like a gritty, like dirty backdrop, but also these like really beautiful like angels and candles and flowers yeah. and soft fabrics and like. Like visually, this works. Mm-hmm. It's. You it had a lot see, of star power at the time too, but not really because the 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 stars of this hadn't really broken big yet. 
uh, Paul Rudd had Clueless coming out right around the same time. Mm -hmm. Leonardo DiCaprio was just starting to become a big star. Claire Danes had her TV show, but, you know. Yeah, she was pretty unheard of at the time. Yeah. John Leguizamo wasn't really a big name yet. Mm -mm. Uh, Brian Dennehy, of course, was in First Blood. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I guess it was kind of also like the Montagues and the Capulets, um, the, the elder characters were a lot of like seasoned veteran actors yeah Um, you know um paul servino is fucking great in this uh as juliet's dad and he's oh my god like so good there are a couple there unfortunately only a couple people who are able to deliver this dialogue effectively Mm -hmm. and it is paul servino yep uh pete postlewaite who okay. Plays yeah, the yeah, the priest. priest. I really thought, even though he has a smaller part, Captain Prince, uh, oh, played yeah. by Vondi Curtis Hall mm-hmm. from Detroit. Yes, I thought he was really good. Mm-hmm. And Miriam Margolis, you know, she was fine. Uh, I thought Jesse Bradford as Balthazar, even though mm-hmm. he doesn't really have a whole lot to do until you the know end. the final act. Yeah. Uh, I thought he was okay. I thought um, Harold Perrineau, who plays Mercutio, was really good. I really wanted to like him because he was my favorite part of Oz. Mm. But man. You didn't like him in this? I didn't like him in this at all. No. I I was kind of wondering. And then uh, after we watched this, you went upstairs for a minute and I watched a video on Boz Lerman reflecting mm-hmm. back on oh, no. Romeo and Juliet. Uh-huh. And I because I was kind of like wondering why they didn't just go, oh, fuck, this is not working. The actors in this do not have the chops. And I think nowadays Leonardo DiCaprio probably could pull it off very well. Yeah. Uh, I'm not that familiar with Claire Dane's work these days, you know, to know if she could, but... Um, I, I think Leo definitely could handle the dialect better these days. Yeah, it could. Yeah, it just it sounds like they're reading off of a page a lot of the time. Screaming off a page. Yeah, they're shouting. And I did. I still think um, Mercutio, Mercutio, and not not the entire time, but in some of his scenes, he was very good. I don't think Boz Lerman really understood. Shakespeare well enough to shoot it effectively Mm -hmm. and the interview that I just watched with him kind of confirms that yeah where he was like it's it's confusing I just wanted to make it digestible updating the scenery does not necessarily make it digestible yeah you needed to rewrite the dialogue in a modern tone but I don't I don't think you do though I think you just the neat thing about Shakespeare is it is written with a meter that is poetic and it kind of like oh. it will hit on certain syllables to pull your focus in. No, you know, you're right. On the right moments. And, you know, Did- the dialogue with Paul Servino in particular mm. and Pete Postlewaite. 
They were very good. God, they were so good. It felt. It didn't feel like they were reading. No, it, and it felt like they really understood the text mm-hmm. beyond like. Well, because okay, this, this amazing actor. Yeah, you know, beyond like okay, this is a speech about how Romeo, you know, is really into Juliet. Mm-hmm. But you know, you can understand the context, and I think Leo's a really good actor with this. Like he emotionally, you know, yes. yeah, emotionally, he does a great job with that. But I just don't think at this point in his life he had enough of a understanding of Shakespeare. And I, I believe I showed you on YouTube. You can find Andrew Scott, who most people know is the hot priest from season oh, two of yeah. Fleabag. Oh yeah, yeah, I did see that. It was so good. Or he played Moriarty in Sherlock uh, with Com- yeah. uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. But he, it's Hamlet, right? Yeah, it's Hamlet. And I really wanted to see if I could find him doing Romeo at all, but I couldn't. But you it's- can just watch him. Oh, it's deliberately so good. deliver these speeches in Hamlet, and Hamlet is similar dialect. Well, well Hamlet is my favorite, personal favorite Shakespeare, mm-hmm. and I feel like I know it pretty well, and I feel like I kind of get a grasp, a general grasp of you know Shakespeare's language and wording and you know the jokes within it like i read a few times a very annotated with like tons of footnotes Mm -hmm. explaining hamlet but i felt like just watching andrew scott deliver like the to be or not to be soliloquy um made me understand it on a level that i never had before and i agree i um so i actually I only read a couple of things of Shakespeare's and that was when I was in high school. Uh, I didn't really get into it because the dialect is very complicated and you're right. It's written in a very specific meter. And if you're not hitting that, it's confusing. And I think I just wasn't, that wasn't clicking for me for whatever reason. Yeah. It's iambic pentameter. Yes. And so it's a, it's like a, yeah it's 10 syllables yeah it's 10 syllables so it's um i have heard um people recite an iambic pentameter and it is like actually so riveting to hear it like that but i i just didn't (laughs) i either wasn't really that aware of it or just didn't like get it at the time yeah um and when i saw him deliver that um hamlet soliloquy uh even i was like oh like i got it like i i i could absorb it in a way that i was i felt like i was experiencing um it as art do you know what this strangely reminded me of though Hmm. with the way the dialogue was coming out Hmm. letter kenny oh where it made me realize you know beyond being filled with jokes yeah how specific the writing is on Letterkenny. Yeah. Where there is like such a musical rhythm, you know. Yeah, to to how they're talking. Yeah. And, you know, I I can't even say that it's, you know, this the fault of this is that you had so many young actors because Letterkenny has a lot of younger actors actors. too that really pull off really difficult 
dialogue mm-hmm. very well. And, you know, we've watched all the bloopers and we oh, realize yeah. that it takes like 300 takes. Yeah, it's not all, it's not always effortless. I think you're right. I think it's just, um, it, it, it wasn't really that they didn't have the chops to do it. It's that they just probably weren't as familiar with Shakespeare. Yeah. And how to um, recite it um, in a way that they ju- they just didn't know the right way to recite it, the right way to act it out. And unfortunately, it sounds like they're reading, even though like you can tell they're trying really hard to make it work. It, it doesn't but, so much sound like they're reading to me. It just sounds like they're reciting words that they memorized. Yeah, like there's no, it's like the inflection doesn't fall in the right spot. It's mm-hmm. like it's like um, if it was if you were trying to read something in a different language. Yeah. So the good thing about this movie was it really made me appreciate Jared Kiso and Jacob Tierney's <laughs> writing on Letterkenny even more so than yeah. I already had. It is kind of a long movie. It's like two hours and I haven't watched it probably since the 90s i'm sure i saw it after i saw it in the theater um at the end of the movie so when um romeo comes in to the church because he thinks juliet's dead and uh he drinks the poison and she's like oh what the fuck and she starts to cry and she does that like (laughs) i vividly remember everyone in the theater laughing (laughs) at the way claire teens cries which isn't fair because it's like she was probably just instructed to sob. Right. And she did. And it just sounded so weird in the church like that. It just didn't like flow very well. Mm-hmm. And everybody fucking laughed, even though like so it just like really took everybody out of the moment. So I don't love that part. I wish they would have let it be a little bit softer there. But I mean, I still think that it looks really cool. This was shot mostly in Mexico. Um, right. And it's it's really, really very cool the way that it looks. Um, and a lot of the quick cuts like where it looks like news footage or like footage shot from a helicopter, um, you know, a lot of aerial shots that are like fast moving through the city combined with, you know, long shots of just landscape and um you know, just like slow pans across like the scenery. And, you know, one of the last shots of Romeo walking down the aisle towards um, where Juliet's body's laid out, the blue neon coupled with all the candlelight and the flowers. It's, um, I maintain it's a very beautiful looking movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way the dialogue comes out is not great. <laughs> Right. But yeah, Paul Sorvino, holy shit. The scene where he's yelling at, at Juliet um, because he's like, you're going to marry Paris. And she's like, I don't want to. And he's like, I don't give a fuck. You're going to marry him. And he's screaming at her. Oh, my God. Now, this may be in poor taste, but the dialogue coach was Laleen Mansell, mm-hmm. who died less than 10 years after this movie from a uh, brain tumor. Oh. Do you think it was from trying no. to convince? <laughs> oh. oh my god! Is that inappropriate? You're inappropriate. Yes. Yeah. Um. One of the things that I wanted to kind of 
mention is that so there's a party at um the capulet mansion which is where romeo and juliet meet and uh it's a costume party in euphoria season one jules is dressed like an angel and it's stylized to look very much like claire dane's angel oh wow from this movie that's cool yeah so when (laughs) when jules walks out and she has the white dress and the the hair and, and the little wings. I was like, oh, that's fucking cool. That's really neat that that's she's neat. Yeah. dressed up like that. Um, also, at the... <laughs> Paul Rudd is dressed up like an astronaut. And there's a part where he's like... He's been kind of dancing with Claire Danes. And then there's fireworks. Oh, my God. Paul and- <laughs> Rudd's dance scene in this movie was... So embarrassing. I think beyond like the good acting from Paul Servino and Pete Postlewaite, <laughs> I think that was my favorite moment of the whole movie. Dude. So- it really gives you a hint early on in Paul Rudd's career. Oh, this guy is... He's a fucking nerd, man. Yeah, this guy is going to deliver. He's even in a movie where he gets nothing to do. No, he just he, is there. Yeah, he is fantastic he has to keep looking over his shoulder like he's looking at the fireworks and like clapping and he's looking over his shoulder at julia and the face he's making he's like (laughs) it's so ridiculous yeah that dance scene and you know uh, yeah paul rudd in general in this movie is a lot of fun I, i don't think he really nails the shakespeare dialogue but i think Physically, everything he does in the role is is great, really yeah. phenomenal. I also really like the music of this a lot. Yes, I, uh, I'm kind of bummed that the soundtrack is not on Spotify, but a bunch of the songs are. Mm-hmm. But the score by Craig Armstrong is really good. Like, yeah, th- this. If I had seen this in the 90s, I'm sure this would be one of those soundtracks that... Yeah, you would have had to have. Yeah, I would that, own on CD and yeah. uh, have purchased it on iTunes and you know have it be a, a liked album on Spotify if it had been on Spotify. So. That song, um, Kissing You by Desiree, oh my God. That was like the slow dance song at every middle school, high school dance. Yeah, I know, and they wouldn't let me into middle schools back then. Oh, my God, then. because you They're were like, too They're like, dude, you're 24, and I was like, so? Gross. Age is just a number. Why are you nasty? Because I'm a nasty boy. Nasty. I am sorry that this was more of a disappointment than I thought it would be for you. Yeah, I was really bummed out because I was hoping to really like this, mm-hmm. and you know, there was enough stuff to like. yeah. But I had a hard time watching it. And maybe it was just because we watched it for the podcast. But I was stuck trying to figure out, okay, who's capable of delivering this dialogue? Who isn't? I think maybe the problem is, is that you're someone who is very familiar with Shakespeare and how it should be recited. Because I think for someone like me who isn't super familiar with it i mean even though like on the rewatch i'm like man it sounds like they're reading i i don't feel like i had as much of a problem with the dialogue as you did because i just feel like you're able to be more critical of it because you're just a lot more familiar with the work you said that you'd read romeo and juliet i have but i was in high school you know i was probably like 15 well romeo and juliet is actually a blind spot for me with shakespeare Mm. and Maybe the fault is with my ears. Maybe I 
Um, I, I, I don't know. Um, well, I think just in general, you're more familiar with Shakespeare and like, I'm sure you're probably not the only person who's very familiar with Shakespeare who had a problem with the way that the dialogue was in this movie. You can watch something like um, Denzel just did a remake of Macbeth and it's very stylized as well, too. Mm-hmm. I only watched pretty much the first act of it. and Did you not like I, it? Mm, I just wasn't in the mood for it at the time. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of interesting the way they shot the scene with the three witches where it ends up being like one witch who becomes three witch. It's really fucked up and really neat. Uh-huh. But I think the biggest difference is, and maybe this is a problem with the directing Denzel and the cast of Macbeth let the words breathe and they're not rushing to get to the end of the line. Mm -hmm. And I felt like there was such a sense of urgency with the line delivery in this movie that it just made it so hard to comprehend. Like you can get what's going on based on context because it is shot really well and it's not that deep of a story. You know that there's two families, there's rivalries and they have little spats here and there. And then, you know, it's also a pretty well-known story. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not like nobody knows what Romeo and Juliet is. Yeah. But yeah, now that you mention it, it does seem like they were just like kind of word vomiting a lot. You know, they weren't, pausing the way that you would in in normal speech they but they were just spitting it all out as fast as they could i think sometimes too that we're we're more conscious of faults in others that we see in ourselves Mm. and this just popped into my head too i remember very early on in comedy Mm -hmm. wani went and saw me at chaplain's and when I got off stage, I felt like I had a, a really good show. He said, uh, why are you so yelly shouty on stage? Why are you so yelly shouty? And maybe this movie just touched that nerve where I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When I didn't believe in any of the stuff I was saying, I would just shout it quickly. Yeah. You know, that was my way to show confidence. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe that's what they're doing here is they're like, I'm just going to deliver the dialogue fast and loud and yeah there is it it is screaming yeah and maybe Boz Lerman's just more of a a visual director than an almost definitely I I I definitely think that that's true he's he is a phenomenal cinematographer a decent director an amazing art director he's a decent director it's shot really well like you said and it looks beautiful Everybody looks really cool in it. Everything looks really cool in it. I really did, even though I... I think I just really like the way John Leguizamo looked and his mannerisms for for Tybalt. Because, honestly, I can't even really think that much about, like, what he was even saying. Like, I don't... Like, when I think about it, I'm not like, oh, man, he, like, delivered his lines great. Like, I don't even think about that. I'm just like, he looked cool. I liked the way that he moved. Yeah, John Leguizamo is a very good physical actor. Yeah. This also reminded me of, is it Fiona Shaw who's in Mario Brothers? Yeah. That 
at the end of the day, she would host <laughs> Shakespeare parties for the cast so they could oh, wash yeah. off the shit that was Super Mario Bros. That's right. Yeah. All right. So that was Boz Lerman's William Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Again, I'm sorry. <laughs> Do um, you have a Shakespeare adaptation that you think is really awesome? Let yeah. us know on our Facebook group. And also you join us on Instagram where you can get visual hints of the next movie we are going to talk about. Yes. If you have an opportunity and are feeling generous, leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Tell a friend. And thank you so much for listening. Until next week. Bye. 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 Oh, my God. So much gravel in my mouth.